What's up, guys? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash malicious compliance. Looking a little shabbier today. Got one of my project t-shirts on, and uh, with paint spots and all kinds of whatever's on it. It's okay. It'll be all right. Most of you guys don't care anyway, so uh, I'm pretty sure I could come on here and not use a camera, and nobody would even notice. <laughs> Except for the occasional cat visits in the background there. Nickel is here. Dimey's somewhere around here, but... uh. Nickel obviously refuses to turn and look our direction, so it is what it is. Deal with it or find a new job? Easier than you think, bub. As a young adult, I decided to move several hundred miles away on a whim without a new job lined up. Fortunately, the relatives I was living with knew a ton of people in the small town and were able to get me a job within a week at the local grocery store. I was to be a courtesy clerk, bagging groceries and stocking shelves. Immediately, I made friends with co-workers, and some of the customers weren't too bad either. However, management was a different deal. Like the HR manager who would waste a customer's time telling them recipes for the items they have and holding up the line. She would also call me from the back of the store to bag two items and help the man barely older than me to his car, <laughs> despite him protesting. There was also John, the general manager. John would be nice in groups, but if he got you alone, his true colors would show. He once berated me for having a 5 o'clock shadow even though I shaved right before work. My hair is dark and grows quickly. Sorry dude, can't help nature. After a few months, the night janitor, technically early morning, quit. John decided it would now be my job to polish the floors every morning. My previous job was at a movie theater, so working from 5pm to 2am was normal. Mornings? Not my jam. This would require me to be at work by 4am, but I was told this would be for 1-2 to two months tops. I was even thrown a sweet 5 cent per hour raise for my troubles. How could I decline? After a month, I asked John how the search for a replacement's going. He says probably two weeks and everything will be settled. After month two, I ask again. John says the first person fell through and suggests that maybe I know someone who might be looking for a job. I assure him that this is not the case. After the third month, I was completely over it. Again, I approached John and explained that I can't keep doing this much longer. He replies, not my problem. Find someone else or a new job. This pissed me off, but I wasn't in a position to walk out right then. I figured I'd start applying anywhere I could. A couple days later, possibly even the same day, my relative drags me with them to go look at a new car. While discussing prices and waiting for the sales manager to respond, my relative and the salesperson were just BSing, and I mentioned what John had told me about the job. The salesperson raised an eyebrow and walked away. Moments later, the sales manager approached and said they were looking for a detailer and asked if I was interested. It would be a regular schedule, no evenings, and higher than even my previous theater job as manager. While my relative was signing financing paperwork, I was filling out a new hire packet. I was to begin work on Tuesday of the next week. When I got home, I packed a bag and began driving to my hometown to visit friends. I knew I wouldn't have to work for about a week because at midnight I called the grocery store and told them I wouldn't be returning to work. And I told them if they have any questions to please ask John. Epilogue. A year or so after my departure, John was mysteriously no longer working at the store. Nobody knew why, as he had another five years before retirement. One day I had to go to the bank to deposit a check, and John was the teller. It was so fun to watch him deposit my paycheck from my new employer. I understand the dynamics of most places where you work. You know, there's a hierarchy. You have the lowly grunts. You have middle management. You have upper management. You have regional. You have corporate. You know, all that stuff. And I also understand that in many cases that sometimes we need the job more than the job needs us. But at the same time, why would you deplete your potential pool of labor by pretty much chasing everybody off by being a douche? I just don't understand that mentality. 
while he could have said, yeah, I mean, he could have said anything, you know, I'm still trying, still trying, sorry, you know, maybe rotated out with a couple of other people that work there, something to try to ease the pain a little bit for this guy who wasn't really hired for that job. So, yeah, I don't know. But good for you for getting another job, and it's probably a better, more fulfilling job in the long run anyway. So, uh, yeah. I'll add that user for you. Longtime lurker in this subreddit. Many years ago, I worked in a company's IT department. Part of my duties was to add new users to the in-house software system. I get an email from somebody in the company to say, please add Samantha to the system. I thought that I knew everyone who worked in the building where this person emails me from. The email didn't give specifics as to what part of the system Samantha would need access to. I created the credentials and told the person that it was done. A week later, one of my colleagues asked why I didn't add security rules for Samantha. My response was, I was only asked to create a user account. I'm just an admin, not a psychic. I gotta say, most end users aren't gonna understand how all that stuff works that you do. They know that you add new users. They may not know intuitively, maybe they do, that they have to give you all the specifics of, you know, every little thing, the department, the position, whatever. Um, at the same time, I'm not sure why you didn't just shoot an email back and say, listen, I need, I need more details before I can add this person at all. Uh, what kind of permissions and all that credentials? I don't know. Maybe that's not your job. I don't know. But to me, I would have asked anyway, but unless it was some person that just kept doing it over and over and over and they knew the drill and it was explained to them, Hey, listen, you got to send me their name plus employee ID number, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I got mixed feelings on this one. What about you guys? What do you think? Like, I can see where it would be annoying that the user only just sent, you know, Samantha or Samantha plus last name. But also, I think I would have pushed a little harder for more information. Just me. You want it done by the book? You got it. I work as a software engineer in a mid-sized tech company. Side note here, guys. You know, <laughs> it seems like all the tech support stories are drying up on the Tales from Tech Support subreddit, and here I am reading all kinds of tech-related stuff on the Malicious Compliance subreddit. Uh, the irony. I work as a software engineer in a mid-sized tech company. My boss, let's call him John, is known for his strict adherence to company policies and procedures, often to the point of absurdity. He insists that every single task, no matter how small or insignificant, must be documented and approved before we can start working on it. One day, John assigned me a task that was relatively simple, updating the color scheme of our app. Normally, this would take me about an hour to complete. However, John insisted that I follow the company's full software development process for this task. This meant I had to write a proposal, get it approved by several departments, write test cases, conduct testing, get approval from the quality assurance team, and finally deploy the changes. Seeing an opportunity for some malicious compliance, I decided to do exactly as John asked. I spent two days writing a detailed proposal for the color scheme update. I then sent it off to the various departments for approval, which took another three days. Writing the test cases and conducting the testing took another two days. Finally, getting approval from the quality assurance team and deploying the changes took another three days. In total, a task that should have taken an hour ended up taking almost two weeks because of John's insistence on following company procedures to the letter. When John asked why it took so long, I simply told him that I was following his instructions and doing everything by the book. From that day forward, John became a bit more flexible with how strictly we needed to adhere to company procedures for minor tasks. Yeah, listen, I get it. Rules are rules. But there are some things that need to be changed. Not everything needs to go through tons of approvals and mock-ups and quality assurance and everything else. But at the same time, you know, if that's policy, that's policy. 
kind of got to follow it. But the higher ups ultimately need to decide, well, you want it fast or you want it by the book. You kind of can't always have both. So, oh, I'm on private property. I used to work for a supermarket chain and quite often I'd be asked by management to work at other locations. Most of the time, this wasn't a big deal. I was happy to help out. It gave me an excuse to drive and have the petrol paid for. However, one day I was asked to work at a location very far away at a very early hour of the morning. I initially refused on the grounds that I would have to wake up at around 2 a.m. in order to have a shower, breakfast, and drive to be on site for 5 a.m. After some arm bending from management, I finally relented and begrudgingly agreed I would do it. Due to the drive not taking nearly as long as I initially expected, I arrive on location at about 4.30 a.m. I waited in my car with the music playing. At 4.50 a.m. I get a loud knock on the car window, nearly making me jump out of my skin. It was the manager for that store, who, never seeing me before, didn't know who I was. The conversation went as follows. The manager says, you need to leave, this is private property. I said, oh, but... And the manager interrupts me, saying, I don't care, go now. <laughs> me, quickly realizing I can play this to my advantage. Oh, I'm sorry, sir, I don't want any problems, of course, I'll go right away, sorry. And as per his request, I drove home with a smile on my face, knowing that I have the rest of the day free to myself. A few hours later, I get a phone call. I answer the unrecognized number, and I recognize the voice immediately. It was the manager who told me to leave. Manager says, hello, I'm looking for my name. I say, hi, yeah, that's me. Manager says, this is manager's name calling from location. I was expecting you to work with me today. You should have been here for 5 a.m. Me, while trying to sound casual, yeah, I was there waiting in my car. You told me to leave, remember? Manager, but you didn't say... I interrupted. There are no ifs or buts. I was on private property and was asked to leave. I was legally obliged to do so. The manager says, right, but don't you think... Interrupting again, I say, it doesn't matter what I thought. I was asked to leave private property. I'm not going to break the law and risk getting in trouble with the police. It was at this point he hung up on me. I expected to get in trouble for what had happened, but I never heard anything more about it. This was a few years back now, too. It's one of my favorite stories to tell. I hope you enjoyed it. Edit to answer some questions. I was paid for petrol money and travel time. I was not paid for the shift. It was originally going to be a day off anyway. I suffered no financial losses whatsoever as a result of this. My local manager never spoke about this and I never mentioned it to him. I didn't suffer any disciplinary action. Yes, I did have to wake up early and lose out on sleep. So you did lose out a little bit on your personal time, middle of the night. I get it that it's going to be a day off, but if you got up that early, that means you're going to end up sleeping a big chunk of your day. Well, I guess if you're young, not. I don't bounce back like I used to, so I don't I do not do those late night, early morning things anymore. But uh, never was good at them to begin with, but definitely not now. Again, I understand what the manager was trying to do, and I can respect that. But at the same time, you got to give the kid a chance to talk. You know, come out and say, hey, can I help you with something? Or is there a reason you're here? It's too early, the store's not open yet, whatever. And then give the other person an opportunity to answer you. You know, then you would find out, oh, this is the new guy or the stand-in or whatever. It's just not that complicated. The old bait and switch. Once upon a time, I, like many people after the new year, joined Planet Fitness with my girlfriend, now wife. We did not go to the gym, and this continued now that we had a gym membership. After a year or so of going by of not going to the gym, we decided to go in one day just for something to do. They wouldn't let us in due to the card that we used for my wife's membership had expired and our account was due over $100. They agreed that we could go in as long as we got it under $100. We paid the remaining amount and canceled her membership, switching mine to a premium membership so that we could both get on using mine. 
After probably another year of them collecting my money for little in return, I joined the army as a way to escape the ever-rising cost of family health insurance. I thought, this is great, now I have a reason to work out, and I'll use my Planet Fitness membership that lets me use any of their gyms around the country. However, upon moving to our first duty station, I found that 1. I worked out every morning with a group of people outside. 2. There are several gyms on base, usually nicer than a Planet Fitness. So I went to cancel my membership. Here's where they really pissed me off. Oh, you have to cancel in person at your home gym or by writing a cancellation letter via first class mail to your home gym. The problem being that my home gym was over 700 miles away and I didn't want to wait long enough for them to get the letter and process it. I left and began my Planet Fitness contract research. Armed with knowledge, I returned to the closest store the next day. Good morning, sir. Oh, good morning. Can you help me out? I don't necessarily want to pay for the black membership anymore, but my home gym is in Ohio. Can I change my home gym to this location? Of course, sir. I'd be happy to assist you. Once all the exchanging of information had been completed, I dropped the bomb. Is there anything else I can help you with? Yes, actually, since this is my home gym now, I'd like to go ahead and cancel my membership. <laughs> Her jaw actually dropped. She called a manager to give the overrides or whatever he needed to do. He got the whole story, looked at me and said I would have to wait 24 hours since I'd just changed my home gym. I obliged his request and came back the next day. I'm happy to say it's been almost five years since my last gym membership. I love the fact that you can get a membership and work out almost as much as you want any time of the day. However, the contracts for these things and, and us as consumers, we, we're to blame. We really are. We don't look at things when we sign them. We don't read the fine print. We don't listen when people give us details. And we just go in blindly and then end up getting screwed. Uh, either because, you know, we have to do silly things and jump through hoops that are almost impossible. Not that this is impossible, but it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth when you have to go through so much hassle to cancel a membership that you've pretty much already paid for. And, you know, they've made money on you. You didn't go to the gym every day. You didn't. It's not like you use that gym membership every day or anything. So what's the big deal? I would love to see a business model of a franchise of gyms where you just, you don't have to be a member. It seems silly to me to have to be a member. You don't get any extra perks being a member. I just want to go in and work out. Make a simple tier system where, you know, I go in the door and it's, you know, whatever, five bucks to go in, use the equipment and leave. If you want to use the showers, it's an extra two or three dollars. It's, you know, whatever. Eight or ten dollars for two or three times a week to work out. You're going to make more money in the long run. I'm not feeling like I'm getting rooked every time. You know, I get when they say, you know, you can use any Planet Fitness in the country. But most of the time, I was put in places where I couldn't even find a Planet Fitness if I tried. So it really wouldn't be useful for me to do something like that. So I don't know, man. There's just so many other ways that I would probably do it, but... I don't know. Maybe we'll start a gym franchise where you pay as you go. <laughs> you don't want me to ask questions? Fine. So I was maybe 15. Anyway, mom was trying to teach me how to pump gas. Why, I don't know. I'd been pumping gas since I was eight for grandma. I guess she hadn't spent any quality time with me in a while. But I was quiet and just went with the flow. Mom gave me specific instructions. They were wrong. I tried to ask a question, but she said, do as I'm told. Okay, I said. After I put in two gallons of fuel, I asked... Did we get a diesel truck? <laughs> she tells me to stop. I was told to get back in the truck and nothing was said to me about the incident. I did try to warn her and that's what you get when you want kids to do as they're told without question. By the way, two gallons in the big tank just makes the truck run a little rough. As long as you've got enough gasoline in there, a couple gallons of diesel will make it run rough but it won't kill the motor. If you put more diesel in than gasoline then you're probably going to have problems especially if you've got injectors and everything else. 
Putting gasoline in a diesel engine is even worse. I've had guys on job sites do that. We'd be working in a small city, you know, beach town, and uh, we'd have these all-terrain forklifts, you know, the JCB the telescoping arm with the forklift and or a bucket on the end, whatever attachment you're using. For us, most of the time, it was a forklift. Tell them to go down to the local gas station with the company card and put fuel in. Always said fuel, never said gas because, you know, it's not gas. Should have said diesel probably my fault but you know let's think about this logically for a second this guy drove this machine every day for over a month while he never put fuel in it personally he's been around the machine he should kind of know from the way it runs everything else when you get out at the gas pump and you have a big tank on the side with a, it's an external mounted tank with a cap on the top and big giant letters they weren't even covered with grease like most construction equipment big giant letters that say diesel only this guy filled the entire tank up, and it was almost on fumes. Filled the entire tank up with gasoline. Genius. The good news is he didn't start it. He got it, clicked. He would, As he was hanging the pump up, something rang in his head, and he realized that he had just put gasoline in a diesel machine. And he at least had enough foresight to call me. And we had to have the mobile mechanics come out, drain the tank. We did manage to save the gasoline for other small engines and other equipment. So it wasn't a total waste, but we did have to spend money to have this guy come out and drain the tank and all that. And lost production time, you name it. But technically, they're correct. I would go to a place near my work that made incredible chicken burgers. I would always ask for no chips. Fries for you Americans. I got a random chip in my takeaway. So I just assumed they went to give me chips and missed that one chip when they took them out. But this happened again, twice. Then I realized this was deliberate. No chips, huh? I still giggle about it. I'm assuming somebody behind the counter was being a smartass, playing the old, uh, you said no chips, plural, so we gave you chip. Am I right? Do I win a prize? If you want to hear more stories like this, do me a favor and click on this video right here. That way we can keep the party going. See ya.